God, we thank you that there is nothing that you cannot cover, God. There is nothing that you cannot do. There is no storm that you cannot calm, Father. Come on, somebody in here needs to feel that tonight. There is no storm that he cannot cover. There is nothing that you cannot do, Father. We thank you, God. We give you honor tonight, Jesus. We thank you, God, for what you're speaking to your people, God, and what you're going to do. Jesus, we thank you. Hmm. And I have everyone stay standing for the word. Man, last time I preached, or last time I spoke, you sang that song. I'm like, can you do that every time? <laughs> so good. Just such a good way to start just what God has for us. Matthew 26 says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. Gethsemane. Practice this all day, people. Gethsemane. <clears throat> and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Jesus began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men keep watch with me for one more hour? He asked Peter. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he let them and went away once more and prayed for a third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of the sinner. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Father God, we thank you for the sacrifice first. And we remember, we do not forget the things that you went through for our benefit. I pray that tonight our hearts would be open for what you have for us. Pray that you would search our hearts, God. And you would see the inner depths that we would not leave here the same. In your name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, I'm so glad you are here tonight. Did anyone in the room not get told that they're glad they're here? Anyone? Raise your hand. You didn't get told? I am so glad you were here tonight. I didn't have, I didn't, oh, Josh, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you. I'm so glad you're here tonight. Happy midweek service, everyone. I know, I just love midweek service. I'm just happy that you could join us tonight. 
Um, a special thank you to Pastor Landon and Pastor Emily for trusting me with the platform. I just, it's such an honor every time I get up here. He is back next week, y'all. Our pastor. Well, this Sunday, when I say next week, I mean the weekend's on Saturday. He's going to be here on Sunday. Okay? It's exciting. You all better show up. He's got a word. I've, you know, it's been stirring. It's been happening. I just love our pastors. I know that you all appreciate our pastors, and we're just so thankful for them. Um, I love when our pastors go on a sabbatical because when he comes back, you know, like, oh, dang, it's going to go down. <laughs> like, it's going to happen. Like, get, get, let me sharpen my pencil. <laughs> right? Anyone else? Okay, great. Sharpen your pencils, people. I also think it's like, have you guys seen Hook when Peter Pan doesn't know he's Peter Pan? And then he starts to realize he's Peter Pan, and then he flies. And all the Lost Boys are like, you're doing it, Peter. That's what it's going to be like on Sunday. So make sure you're here. It's going to be awesome. Anyways, it's, <laughs> thank you. I got three claps. It's always an honor to speak to you guys. I love my church. I do. I just love my church. I brag on you guys all the time. I love my people. Gosh, you are totally my people. I'm just so thankful for you guys. For those of you who are like, that's great. Who the heck are you? <laughs> my name is Tila. I'm the youth director here. So I get to have the privilege of being with the teenagers, and I love them. They keep me young. Um, but I thought I'd start the night by sharing a fun fact about myself. Um, as I said, my name is Tila. I have two middle names. My full name is Tila Ann Tinker Standall. That's legit. Okay, it's on my birth certificate. My parents apparently were very creative when they had me. I'm the first, so I don't know. Maybe they thought they'd go wild. But my first name, Tila, comes from a comic book or a cartoon from the 80s. I don't know if any He-Man fans... Yeah, okay. He-Man, Masters of the Universe. Don't worry, young adults. They're bringing it to Netflix. Then you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then my second middle name, or my first middle name is Anne, which is a family name. All of my cousins have the same name. We're named after our grandmother. And then Tinker, believe it or not, is actually also, someone clapped for Anne. Yes, <laughs> okay. Um, Tinker is a also a family name. My aunt's nickname growing up was Tinker, so my mom named me after her. Um, and why am I telling you all of this? Because I told you I was going to tell you a fun fact about myself, Okay. No, it really does sound like I'm, like, setting up my message, right? You're like, she's going to go somewhere with this. She's going to talk to us about names and the meaning of names. No, that's not accurate. I'm going to try to tie in the name thing later, but we'll see if it happens. Um, <laughs> but I want to talk to you tonight about the word isolation. Turn to your neighbor and say, huh? <laughs> Turn to your other neighbor and say, I didn't see that coming. Tonight, we're going to talk about isolation. You can write it down. And the lies that we tell ourselves to make us feel better about our isolation. Isolation means to set apart from others, seclusion or remoteness. Proverbs 18.1 says, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desires. He rages against all wise judgment. Genesis 2 says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper for him. We'll touch more on that one later. But God did not create us to be alone, 
to be isolated from each other. Some of you are thinking to yourself, thank you, Captain Obvious. I'm in church. I'm not isolated. Or maybe you're thinking, I brought a friend. I'm not alone. Don't worry. We'll talk about it later. Even the world knows that it's not good for us to be alone, right? So I'm considered a millennial. Any millennials out there? Okay. (laughs) Um, I know that millennial to some of you might be like a dirty word. You're like, oh, millennial? Oh, those? Listen, calm down. It's It's just to explain the time period that I grew up in, okay? So, yes, as a millennial... I relate a lot of my life to music, to movies, to pop culture, right? And there are definitely things that pop culture does that are way wrong, okay? I'm not saying it's great. But sometimes I think to myself, okay, they get it. Like, they get me. When I hear songs like, you've got a friend in me, uh, somebody knows it. You've got a friend in me, right? Or maybe if you hear, I'll be there for you when the rain starts to fall. I'll be, no? Dude, if I would have clapped, y'all would have been, okay, y'all would (laughs) have, there it is. Y'all would have been on beat. Or, okay, I've got someone, I got some for the older ones. Just look over your shoulders, honey. Ooh, I'll be, no? Michael Jackson, people. Oh my gosh, Jackson 5? Okay, we need to get cultured in here. <laughs> but I, I hear those things and I think they get it. Who in here is a Marvel or a DC fan? Yeah, okay. Now we're, now we're playing. You watch those stories about these characters who are practically indestructible, right? If that's what you want to call it. And even those guys can't do life alone. All of them have sidekicks, or someone helping them inevitably to save the world. And you know those guys, you know, Batman and Robin. Oh, old school. Iron Man, Spider-Man, SpongeBob and Patrick. No, this is my favorite. Timon and Pumbaa? Yeah! Akuna Matata, people, come on. It's all about teamwork, being better together. The Avengers, Justice League, Power Rangers, Ninja Turtle. Yeah. Listen, even Peter Pan had the Lost Boys and the best sidekick of them all. Tinkerbell. Told you I'd tie it back in. Oh, there it is. Oh, that's why she's talking about her middle name. Yep, there it is. But they get it, right? It's not good for man to be alone. Even They get it. So what are the three lies that we tell ourselves about isolation? Lie number one, I don't need anyone. I don't need anyone. Genesis 2 says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper for him. Now, when you say, I don't need anyone, You're literally contradicting what God said in the very beginning. You do need people. Now, I didn't add this into the lies, but I thought it was a funny little thought because as you continue to read, how many of you thought tonight, like, I actually am not alone. I have my dog. I'm like, any dog parents out there? 
I'm like, let's keep reading in Genesis. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all of the wild animals. And the birds in the sky, he brought them to man to see what he would name them. Whatever man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave the names to the livestock and the birds in the sky and the wild animals. Do you see where I'm going with this? But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So for anyone who's out there and is like, but I have my dog. I hate to break it to you. It's not enough. You need human connection. That is why God made Eve. He didn't make her so they can, you know. No, it's not a a romantical relationship. He made her because he knew that Adam needed a helper. He needed human contact. Let me ask you a question. What would happen if you left a child alone for seven days? Oh, yeah. Some of you parents are like, oh, God. Like you saw your whole, like, house up in flames, like, right then, right when I said it. No, that's exactly what I picture also. So when I was younger, I wasn't alone for seven days, but I was alone for less than 24 hours. Yes, story time. And um, my mom had gone to Pennsylvania. She took my sister. And my dad had gone to Mexico, and he took my brother. So I was alone by myself at the house, less than 24 hours, doesn't seem like, you know, and I was 13, okay, so let's put that in there. I was about 13, and I was very bored, and for some reason, I thought it would be a good idea to steal my parents' car and drive it around the block, okay? Just a little joy ride, no big deal, right? No big deal, okay? And it was a minivan, so I was rolling in style, okay? Probably bumping Britney Spears, okay? I get around the corner. I'm cruising. I've probably been doing this for a good, like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and the inevitable happens. I ran out of gas. Down the street, not close to my home. Cars parked in the middle of the road because I don't know what I'm doing, (laughs) And so I had to get out of the car. We don't have cell phones back then because, you know, when I was 13, that wasn't a thing. Um, And so I run back home. I call my cousin, and I'm like, I did something bad. I need help. So she, thankfully, brings me some gas, and we get the van. We put it back in its place, and my parents never know. They never find out, okay, until right now. I'm sorry, Mom and Dad. I love you. I'm just kidding. Listen, listen. When I was old enough to take responsibility for my actions, I did tell them. They're not finding out right now. But the point is, is I was left alone. And left alone, things that you think sound good to you are not always going to sound right to others. You need somebody to buffer in your life. Somebody who loves you enough to tell you the truth. Proverbs 27 says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. 
Who do you have in your life who can call you on your crazy? You need someone in your corner like that. You're not the Lone Ranger. Even the Lone Ranger had Tonto, right? I lost like everyone who was born after 1996, 1996, what am I saying? I don't know, whatever, it's fine, 1996, there it is. Line number two, write this down. No one needs me. Proverbs 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. When a rock falls into a river, it starts off hard, rough, jagged. And as it runs into other rocks, what does it start to do? It starts to chip away at its edges. And at the end of its journey, it's a smooth stone. Now, those things don't always feel good, but there's a reason and a purpose for the process in becoming a smooth stone. And I want you to write this down. Your story could be the stone that, take, that takes out someone else's giant. The enemy doesn't want you to know that. So I'm like, for the people clapping, you're like, there it is. The enemy doesn't want us to know that. He wants to isolate you. He wants to get you alone to make you feel like you're worthless, that you have no purpose. He wants you to be a rock in the corner of the river and become stagnant and unchanged. He wants you to be isolated. But they're all lies. Your life has a purpose. You are wanted. You are needed. Romans 12 says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has many special functions, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. It continues on to say, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy Speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given your leadership ability, get, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So the lie that no one needs you is wrong. You have something that I don't to make this body function. Lie number three. It's just a season. I'm isolated because it's just a season. Isolation is not a God-given season. It's not. We need to stop using the excuses of, I'm just walking with Jesus right now, being alone with God. God may have asked you to spend time with him, but you're the one who's taking it too far. Maybe, you, maybe you've said this, I don't really like people. People take away my time with God. What? <laughs> oh, no. Heart check. And I don't want it to sound like I'm coming for some of you on this one, but... 
I'm an introvert. No judgment. Listen, okay? I get it. There's nothing wrong with liking your private time. That's important to you. Absolutely. But I just want to remind you that you were not created to do life alone. Stop using your personality or your calling as an excuse to isolate from others. In the beginning, I read Matthew 26, and I want to go back to that when it says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay and keep watch with me. Jesus brought his friends with him to pray. He asked them to pray with him. He told them what he was going through. God in the flesh wanted people around him. He knew what was coming. You heard him praying to the Father. And even in his difficult season, he didn't want to be alone. Yet when we're faced with a difficult season, our first instinct is to pull back and isolate. The other day, I was not having a great week. I just knew I wasn't in a good place, and I recognized it. But as I was sitting in the office, and I'm, you know, around people all day long, I was around people all day long, and I was still isolating. I wasn't saying a word to anyone about what was going on. The, the pressure I felt, the things I was dealing with, the, the lies I was saying to myself, I wasn't good enough. Why am I here? Why do, why do I even try? No one really cares. All lies. And I realized that at that moment, the only way to get out of my isolation mentality was for me to open my mouth and tell someone. I can't even tell you what was happening in the room, but I can tell you who was in the room. And it was two of my friends who I trust and I know love me. And I looked at them and said, hey, guys, I'm not in a good place. And as soon as I said that, I instantly felt a weight lifting off of me. Now these friends surrounded me. They loved on me. They spoke into my life and told me all of the things that I, all the lies that I was saying to myself, they spoke against all of those things. And it was the first step of coming out of isolation, was opening my mouth. And I didn't realize it, but even Jesus did that. Even Jesus told his friends what was going on and how he was feeling. In James 5, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other 
so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. We need each other. I need you. You need me. You need to open your mouth and let someone know what you're going through and what you're dealing with. Because it's not good for you to be alone. I want to circle back to something I said earlier. Just because you're in a building, a church building, does not mean you're in community. I was in a room full of people all day. The same people I opened my mouth to. And it wasn't until that moment that I stopped feeling isolated. Maybe some of you are apprehensive, opening up or making friends because somewhere along the way you were hurt or you were wronged. I want to submit to you, try to give people as much grace as you do a restaurant. Have you ever been to a restaurant and you got food poisoning? And what do you say after you leave the restaurant? You're like, I'm never going back there again. In fact, I'm never eating out again. I'm cooking at home from now on. Call me Chef Boyartee. I'm making all my meals at home. Okay? But then a week goes by, two weeks go by, maybe a month goes by, and your friends want to go out to eat. And you're hungry. You don't want to go home and cook. So what do you do? You go with them. And you have a good time. And the food is good. And you remember what it's like. You might not be going back to the same restaurant because you learned a lesson. But you went somewhere new. Mm-hmm. Community takes forgiveness. Give people grace. Just recently I heard someone say, my offense is not greater than my healing. You deserve to be healed and whole. Yes. I'm like, give God some praise, man. I'm like, somebody, if somebody wants to, I'm like, don't let them be alone. Come on. So let's talk about how to get out of isolation. I'm going to give you three ways to get out of isolation. Number one, start serving. You are in church, people. Listen, some of the best relationships I have formed in this place is because I serve alongside them, okay? I love this guy because I get to worship with him every Sunday and Wednesday. It's amazing. Also, August 16th, we have a team night coming up. (laughs) So if you're like, I don't know what that means, Tila, what the heck are you talking about? You will figure it out that night, August 16th. We'll push out more things about it, and you'll understand. But serve. Number two, life groups. It's so easy. We have a website that lists all of our life groups and our life group leaders, And we don't just put that up for our health. We put it up for your health. We want you to have community. We want you to be connected. 
I've been going to the Young Adults Life Group. It's amazing. I love it. In fact, last night I was like, guys, I can't stay. I'm speaking tomorrow. I've got to go and practice my word. And then I was like, what the heck am I doing? I'm talking about community tomorrow. I'm staying with my people. I need to commune. Yes. Kavan's clapping because he ran it. <laughs> three, number three, is intentionally make friends. Be intentional about who you are starting a friendship with. Get real with them. Be honest about your problems. Don't just do a hi, how are you? Good, good to see you. And I'm out. I just recently heard a pastor say, if you aren't actively seeking to make friends, then when you need a friend, you won't have the right ones around. We want the right people around us. You have the power to make that happen. Be intentional. Get connected. There's a reason why you're here tonight. And if you're hearing this online, there's a reason why you're hearing it online. We want you here. We love you. You are meant to be with people. I'm going to pray for you guys. We're going to do something a little bit different. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for the sacrifice. We thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of your children. God, we lift up anyone right now who's ever felt the feeling of being alone or unwanted. You brought them here for a reason tonight. To feel human contact, to feel that connection that you meant for us, that you intended for us in the beginning. I pray for anyone who's ever felt hurt by someone close to them betrayed by a friend or relationship. Pray that their hearts would start to feel restoration. I pray for courage in your people to step out of isolation. whatever's been holding us back from being in community, that we would be bold. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Mike, I don't want you to feel left out. Listen, if you're hearing this tonight, I'm like taking inventory on all your faces. I'm going to see you on Sunday, right, at the kickball tournament where you can find some community. Yes. I'm like, there is purpose in everything, people. (laughs) So, yes, if you are not signed up for kickball, please, please, please still come and watch and make fun of me. It's going to be so fun. I said, I'm going to be like Miss Congeniality out there, like, 
Okay. I got two laughs. Let's say this declaration together and be dismissed. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community, I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. God bless you. We love you. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at weirbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at wearebridge.church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today, and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected, because we're so much better. Together. Together.